Come on, he's in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, our praise belongs to Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. No one else, nothing else deserves our praise. Would you lift it up across this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My highest praise. Amen for his highest. I give you praise and glory and honor, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. In Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' name. Amen. It is such an honor to be back, amen, in the house of the Lord, amen, on this Sunday afternoon. Amen. I'm believing that God wants to do something great in the house of the Lord. Amen. It, it, is, it is so good. Amen. We, over the last week or so, we've got a chance to get to know, amen, uh, Brother Ryan and Sister Amber, and it looks like they brought their daughter, uh, Keely, and also her uh, grandfather, correct, Rich, in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to have them in church with us. And uh, Ryan and Amber are actually going to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So at this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classroom. We took a couple weeks uh, with all the things we had going on with the kids' service and the youth revival. Uh, but we want to get them back in to Sunday school. But for everyone else, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And verse number 30. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. Thankful for what the Lord's doing in our Sunday school department. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. In verse number 30, where the Lord declares this, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. For those that think they can do things without faith, I've never seen anything surrounding you fall down without faith. Amen. It is through the action and through the, the belief system of faith that walls fall down. After they were compassed about by seven days. In other words, you can't just have the uh, just the mental ascent called faith, but you got to put feet to your faith. There's got to be something that you do. Amen. James put it this way. Faith without works is dead. You have got to do something when you say you have faith. And when they they coupled their faith with their actions, the walls fell down. Amen. I'd like to just take a second and just tell you that it was that they walked seven days and they shouted once amen which should let you know that your shout is important but your walk with God is just as important if not more important if you wonder why we feel victory here today I want to tell you why amen yes we shouted and we praise God but I want to tell you we feel victory in the house of God today because there have been people that have been walking with God this entire week. So I want to encourage you to keep walking with God. Man, but we're going to go to the next verse. Verse 31. Everybody say, by faith. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believe not when she received the spies with peace. By faith... The harlot Rahab perished not or 
Another translation puts it this way. She died not with those that believe not when she received the spies with peace. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. I will not die where I am. I will not die where I am. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray all across this house. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. I feel expectation in this house. Hallelujah. I feel anticipation in the, in the spirit in this building. Amen. There is no telling what God can do. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Lift up your voice and let's pray. There is no telling what the Lord wants to do in this house. And I'm believing that before we leave this building, there are going to be people that have newness of life. I believe that before we leave this building, there will be people speaking in other tongues as they are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that before this service is out, amen, depression will leave. Amen, discouragement will leave. Hallelujah, the things you've been fighting and battling, they're going to die off, but you are going to live. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify him. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody needs to declare it. Amen, I will not die where I am. Somebody needs to let hell know I will not die where I've been. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and shout in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell him, I'm going to live. Amen. I'm going to live. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I will not die where I am. We find Rahab's story in the book of Joshua, chapter 2. For those that have been around church any time at all, you may be aware of the story, but there's some that maybe you don't know. Amen. The Bible declares that the children of Israel, men, are preparing themselves to cross from the wilderness into the promised land. They are about to leave behind uh, this wilderness experience, and they are going to step into the land that God promised not just to them, but the land that God promised all the way back to Abraham. They are not going to die in the wilderness anymore. In fact, they are getting ready to live a life that they have never thought possible up until this point. And the Bible declares that Joshua wanted to send out some spies. Uh, in fact, he's doing exactly what his predecessor Moses did. But he's learned from his predecessor's uh, error. Amen. The Bible declares Moses sent out 12 spies. And 10 of them came back with a bad report. So Joshua learned the lesson. I'm not sending out 12. I'm only going to send out two. Amen. He sent out two that would come back with a good report. Amen. This time he was not asking whether or not it was possible or whether or not they were able. All he wanted was for them to go into the city of Jericho and to bring back some intel. He wanted to know. Amen. If they could scale the walls, they had not yet heard from God on how they were going to take the city. He wanted to know if there was any back doors, if there were any gates, if there was any way that they could get into Jericho. And so these two spies, they went into the city and they knew exactly where to start their search for information. However debaucherous it might seem, 
bars and red light districts have always functioned as infamous meeting places for military espionage and for spies. And even in modern history, that is the case. Thus, we cannot be surprised that Joshua's spy team knew they had to go to the bad part of town. Amen. If they were going to get the information that they were looking for. Amen. I want you to know, amen, that, that God will even send you a message. Amen. Even when you're living on the bad part of town. Hallelujah. I want to just tell somebody, I'm so glad that I serve a God that doesn't just go to the gated communities, but he goes to the other gated community called the prison. I'm glad that I serve a God that doesn't just go up the hill, but God that will go down to the worst neighborhoods, in the ghettos, and into the slums, into the red light districts. We serve a God that will eat with publicans and sinners, not to become one, but that he might take them out of where they are and take them where they need to be. Is anybody thankful that God did not stop at the neighborhood before yours? Is anybody thankful God didn't stop with the family that was a little bit better than yours, a little less dysfunctional than yours, but we serve a God that will come to where you are. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise if you're thankful. I just want to tell you I'm thankful. Amen, that 20 years ago, August 12th, amen, that God did not stop, amen, at the good neighborhoods. Amen, but God sent somebody to tell this young 13, 14-year-old kid, uh, amen, that was living in a drug home, uh, amen, that there was hope uh, and there was a future, amen, that there was more than what I was living in. Amen. It was there in this red light district upon the city walls, that they met a woman, and her name was Rahab. You might think from her profession that she was destined to die an early death, to fade away in shame as a disgraced individual. This woman, Rahab, was like, amen, that one relative that we all have in the family that we prefer not to talk about, that we like to keep in the shadows. Some of you, that's you. Amen. No, no, no. Just look at your family members. It's you. Amen. The black sheep of the family. Amen. The things that the Bible says that God uses the things that the world calls unwise to confound the wise. That God takes the things that the world says is nothing and he makes something out of it. I want to tell you, the Bible says that you were not called because you were wise, because you were prudent, because you had it all together. But the Bible says God called us even knowing our state, even knowing where we were, even knowing the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. God didn't wait for you to get cleaned up. God didn't wait for you to get better. But God said right where you are, I'm going to turn you around and your friends won't understand what happened your neighborhood won't understand what happened now your has anybody got a testimony of what Jesus can do has anybody ever had their life turned around has God ever transformed you has God ever forgave you you ought to give God the best praise you've given him all week long I think we ought to give God a great praise amen for a God that comes to us where we are oh somebody ought to shout hallelujah Hallelujah. This woman, Rahab, was somebody that you'd think the Bible would not talk about. Shh. Keep her under wraps. 
Don't talk about Rahab the harlot. You know, there's some people, they think that's how God is. That he's ashamed of people. Man, I want to tell you, God, God loves people. Apostolic Revival Center, God loves people. Apostolic Revival Center, we love people. The church here loves people. Amen. And we don't look down on anybody, neither does God, on where they are. Because God has got more faith than any of us. God doesn't look at you where you are as if that is all you can ever be. God, the Bible says, speaks the things that are not as though they were. In other words, when God looks at you and God looks at me, he doesn't just see your location. He sees your destination. God doesn't just see where you are, but he sees where you can be by the grace of God. Come on, don't let, the, don't let the devil convince you you got to stay where you are. Don't let hell convince you you got to die where you are. Don't let your friends or your enemies convince you you got to die where you are. you got to get a little bit of faith that God wants to take you from where you are and make something out of you. Amen. Amen. We might think all these things of Rahab that the Bible would want to hush her up and not talk about it. You know, every other religious text likes to do that. They gloss over everybody, make everybody look perfect. Amen. In fact, some religions, they, they make it a, a, a punishable by death if you speak ill of their prophet. Even though, amen, they even teach that he was not a perfect individual. But yet, our Bible declares time and time again that people had flaws. Amen. If you want to know, there's, there's a thousand reasons I could give you to read the Bible. Amen. One being the fact that it is the oldest compilation, one of the oldest compilations of books, amen, in the world. We're not talking about something, amen, that's a couple hundred years old. Amen. In fact, if I were to talk to anybody that's, that's only been in the United States, amen, the oldest building and the oldest structure you can find, uh, amen, as far as modern architecture goes is probably in St. Augustine, Florida, and that only goes back a couple hundred years to the 1500s. Uh, amen. There's not anybody else unless you travel to other, over to Europe and other places uh, to find something old. And yet every single one of us uh, has a Bible, amen, that's thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And you know what a book that's thousands of years old tells us? Uh, it doesn't gloss over people. It doesn't tell you that everybody's perfect because then it would be a fairy tale like every other fairy tale. But it's not a fairy tale. It's a living word. Uh, amen. It's a living word. Uh, it can... It'll speak to you where you are, even though it was written thousands of years ago, and say, if I can do it for Rahab with all of her mistakes and all of her mess, what can God do with you? Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Amen. Amen. That's why the Bible says we receive hope through our patience and comfort of the Scriptures. Amen. you got to read the Scriptures. It gives you hope. Amen. You read First and Second Corinthians. I mean, you ever get discouraged? The church at Corinth was messed up, but God was still loving them. Amen. We find Rahab. Her business was located in the well-fortified walls of Jericho. It was there that the spies came to gather their intel. They knew that Rahab would have all of the knowledge that they needed to take the city over. They knew that this Rahab, that this individual due to her line of work, was going to be privy to all sorts of information. 
Though she did not have the clearance of the military, no doubt she had met some military folk. Amen. Just to be PG. Amen. Just because of her occupation, she had met leaders. She had met rulers. She had met government officials. Amen. She knew information about that city. Amen. It was her job to know information. And she took all that information and she gathered it and she gathered it and she gathered it. And the Bible says that the spies showed up to her door and they came and they started asking questions and asking information. And, and I don't know at what point it happened, but eventually somebody came pounding upon the door, amen, and saying, let out those spies. We know that they came to you. And she had, amen, a split-second decision she had to make. Hebrews tells us, amen, what was the split-second decision she made. Amen, Hebrews tells us that Rahab did not, did not die with those that believed not. Amen, in other words, she had been in a city where she heard all sorts of information. She heard about the city. She heard about the government, but no doubt she also, the Bible declares, she had heard something about Israel, and she heard something about the God of Israel. That means all of Jericho was talking about God. All of Jericho was talking about the people of God. All of Jericho was talking about the church in the wilderness that was making their way towards Jericho. All of them had doom and gloom. All of them had been part of constructing the walls. All of them had laid the bricks. Amen. But yet the Bible declares, even though they all heard about God, amen, they all heard about Israel. The Bible declares there was a difference between Rahab and everybody else. The Bible says she chose not to die with those that refused to believe. I came to preach on a Sunday afternoon. You might be surrounded by doubt and unbelief and other people that don't believe. But you got to make it up in your mind. I will not die with unbelievers. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about people in your circle. Amen. That all they got is a bad word. All they got is negativity. All they got is gossip. All they've got is something bad to say. Amen. And they don't even believe what God is saying spoken, but you got to make it up in your mind. I've heard too much about God. I've heard too much about the people of God. I've heard too much about the church of God to turn back now. I believe every word that I've ever heard. Oh, somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Come on, are there any folks that can declare, I've heard too much preaching to turn back now. I've heard too many good things about God to turn my back on God. I've heard too many great things of promise and prophecy to turn around. Amen. Rahab heard just like everybody else, but Rahab believed. Amen. No doubt she'd been hearing, hearing rumors Amen. And stories for years. In fact, it is my belief that it was because of Israel they built their walls. Years and years they constructed those walls, making it impassable, impenetrable. And yet she knew Israel's coming over and they're going to destroy our city. Amen. Everybody here is going to die because that's what happened in Egypt. 
She heard the stories of Israel conquering Og, king of Bashan, uh, amen, a giant. Uh, and she knew if they're defeating giants in the wilderness, they'll have no problem deceiving, destroying uh, and defeating giants in the promised land. Man, if they're starting their track record now, they have no problem keeping up with it. Man, I want to tell somebody, keep fighting your little battles. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep fighting your little battles because it's making a big difference. Amen. Progress is victory in Jesus' name. But here, finally, she's got two spies that knock on her door. Everything she ever heard of, everything she ever had been told, taught, all of a sudden now became a reality. When they knocked on the door, she opened up, and she's no doubt scared out of her mind thinking today's the day. She believed. She believed they were going to conquer Jericho. She opened the door to those two spies. Amen. And the Bible declares they begin to converse with her. Amen. I want to talk to somebody. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 declares it this way. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Can I help you here today? The grace of God appears. The grace of God appears to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. The grace of God appears unto all men. Let me help somebody here today. Grace looks different to everyone, but it never changes its message. Hallelujah. Grace might appear unto Noah like God saying there's a flood coming, but it never ceases to teach him how to build a boat. Grace appeared to Moses as a burning bush, but did not stay in that state. He said, you go back into Egypt and you declare, let my people go. Can I preach to somebody? The grace of God appeared under Rahab in the form of two spies that said, if you don't do something, amen, to help us out, you're going to perish along with everybody else. But she believed everything they told her. She believed everything she heard, and she made a decision. I will not die where I am. She made a decision. I will receive those spies with peace. I will receive receive the message of grace. I will receive everything they told me. I will receive every word. Can I preach to somebody for a moment about preaching? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. But then it declares how shall they hear without a preacher? Can I preach to somebody that in the 21st century the grace of God might appear in the form of a preacher behind a pulpit. It might appear as a church that takes three storefront units on Winnie Lane. It might appear as somebody sharing a link with you on YouTube or on Facebook. It might appear, amen, as a church card being handed to you, but it never changes its message. It teaches you, amen, how you can get out of where you've been living. It teaches you how you can live beyond where you've been living. Grace says the flood's coming, but it also says you don't have to die in the flood. Grace says Egypt's going down, but it also says you don't have to die 
in Egypt. Grace says you can be in Jericho, but you don't have to die in Jericho. Grace says you can be in sin right now, but you don't have to die in your sin. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on. Come on, the grace of God's appearing all across this building. The grace of God has appeared unto you. The grace of God has showed up in the midnight hour of your life and it's telling you what you got to do to be saved. Don't reject it. Receive it with peace. Don't reject it. Receive it. Oh, somebody pray all across this building. Hallelujah. Amen. Grace might appear differently to you. Amen. For me, the grace of God appeared as my brother-in-law and my sister inviting me to an apostolic church. Amen. Pulling me out of the drug home and bringing me to the house of the Lord. Grace might look different for you, but it will not cease to preach the same message. Amen. What seemed like a chance encounter was actually a divinely inspired moment of grace for Rahab and for her family. Because there's more to the story of Rahab. There's so much more to Rahab. Rahab recognized that not only was she opening her home to these spies, but she recognized uh, that there was an opportunity being given to her, amen, by the hand of God. Because how many times, amen, had there been, amen, opportunities that have been rejected by people, amen, time and time again, because it's not enough to have an opportunity. You've got to recognize the opportunity. Hey man, I, I, I could tell you the testimony. Uh, amen. I, I, I told somebody the other day, amen. I love my grandmother, but years and years ago, my grandmother walked into a Pentecost. I'm talking years, uh, amen, decades and decades ago. Uh, amen. She just died in her late 80s, uh, but she walked in, uh, amen, to a Pentecostal tent revival. Uh, amen. She heard the word, uh, she heard what they were preaching, uh, amen, but it made her a little uncomfortable, uh, and she thought this is a little weird, uh, and she turned her back on it and walked out. I'm not here to criticize my grandmother, but I, I just wonder, amen, how different my family heritage would look if she would have received. Amen. I want to help somebody here today. It's not enough to hear the word of God. You've got to receive the word of God. It's not enough just to hear preaching and to come to church. You got to receive the preaching. You got the Bible says you've got to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. It's not enough to have a Bible on a nightstand. You got to receive it into your life and let. That's why the Bible says that you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not enough to feel the Holy Ghost. It's not enough to get goosebumps. But brothers and sisters, visit a friend of mine. You must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues. I wonder if there's anybody that would pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray all across this building. Amen. God wants to touch somebody, but you've got to receive it. You've got to receive your miracle. You've got to receive your healing. You've got to receive a word. You've got to receive the Holy Ghost. You've got to receive what God wants to do in your life. Come on, Rahab. If you don't want to die where you are, you've got to receive grace. You've got to receive the spies. You've got to receive the word that God's bringing to you. Rahab recognized she was being given an opportunity to live. 
There's people, they don't understand sometimes that you didn't just come to church. You are being given an opportunity to live. Well, preacher, I'm doing just fine. Well, we'll see. Amen. If you're not in Christ, you're dead. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says we being dead in our trespasses and sins. Amen. It's like it's like Adam and Eve. They ate of the fruit of the, tro- the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And just because they didn't keel over right then, they thought we're okay. But the Bible declares the wages of sin or the payday of sin is death. Amen. There's, there's people you haven't got paid. You won't get paid till next Friday. I want to tell you, don't quit your job now. You get paid on Friday. Amen. The same concept is true. Just because your payday's not today doesn't mean it's not coming. Amen. And if you don't get it under the blood, the Bible already says you're already dead in your trespasses and sins. That is where you are. If you have not received grace, that is where you are. If you have not received the gospel message, that is where you are. But the beautiful thing about the gospel, the good news is just because that's where you are doesn't mean you have to die there. You can live. It was in that moment she made an eternity-altering decision. As the soldiers violently pounded on her door she made the decision I'm probably going to get in trouble for this I'm probably going to die for this Amen. But what they're bringing me, uh, an opportunity to change, uh, an opportunity at grace, uh, an opportunity to be saved is more valuable to me than my reputation amongst the city. Uh, it's better to me, uh, amen, than, than, than being in the know of everything in the city. Uh, it's more important to me, uh, amen, I'd rather have an opportunity to get out uh, and to live. Uh, I'd rather die trying to live, uh, amen, than live the rest of my measly days, uh, Amen. Living this existence of sin. Uh, living in this existence of depression. Uh, living in this existence uh, of self-hatred. Uh, amen. I want to help somebody here today. Uh, she said, I'm going to take the opportunity. Uh, and the Bible declares uh, she hid the spies. She took those spies. And she said, nobody's going to take away this opportunity from me. She risked her old life for the opportunity even if it's a 1% chance, for the opportunity to live a better life. When you come into the house of God, when you come to the kingdom of God, that's exactly what repentance is. You are literally letting your old life die for the opportunity to have eternal life. She made this decision in faith. In Hebrews 11, we see people doing all sorts of great exploits. We find that Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees. He left his father's business. He walked out looking for a city whose builder maker was God, not knowing where he went. Incredible faith. Offering up his only son, a man being willing to do whatever it took for God. We see Enoch pleasing God, walking with God. Amen. Translated rapture to battle this earth. We see, amen, uh, people like Elijah who are taken up, amen, in a fire. Uh, we see all of these great exploits uh, of people like Moses uh, who turns down a life of luxury just so he might live uh, with the people of God. Uh, we find Samson who utterly obliterates the Philistines. Uh, we find King David that kills a giant. Uh, and the Bible says they did all of these things by faith. And then there's Rahab. What 
is she known for by faith? Now listen, we all know what she was known for by sin. In fact, the Bible's not afraid to tell you she was called Rahab the harlot. It's not telling you that, amen, to shame Rahab. It's telling you that to, to let you know it does not always have to be that way. We know that by sin and by her flesh and by her carnal nature, she was a woman of ill repute. She was just trying to make ends meet. She was just trying to survive. She was just trying to exist in this rough society and in this difficult life. She did everything she could. That's what she did by her flesh, what she did by her humanity. But what about by her faith? The Bible declares that she goes down in history uh, as the harlot uh, that refused to die uh, as a harlot. I'm coming to where somebody lives. She went down in the book of Hebrews by faith as the sinner who refused to die a sinner. She went down in the book of Hebrews as a lost individual who refused to die lost. She went down in history as the one that had no hope but refused to die without hope. She's the one that went down in history that refused to perish with everybody else around her. She's the one that said, I don't care how close we are. I don't care how related we are. I'm not dying like you're dying. I'm not going the way you're going. I will live. I will not die. I will not die where I am. I will not die the way I've been. I will change. I will grow. Stand across this building. Lift up your hands. Come on. Come on. There's some people say, well, I, I don't know if I have the faith to kill a giant. That's all right. Do you have the faith to make the decision? I will not die the way I've been. I will not die where I am. I will not die, amen, never growing. I will not die, never progressing. I will not die, amen, stagnant. I will not die, carnal. I will not die. Somebody pray all across this house. Come on. Come on, by faith, Rahab, the harlot, refused to stay a harlot. Amen, Rahab, amen, the sinner refused to stay a sinner. Rahab, she just made one simple decision. Amen, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die letting God's spies out. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing something right. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die trying to help the kingdom of God move forward. There's too many people that they want, they want to live. They want to live. They do. But they also kind of like what they got going on. They kind of like Jericho. Part of Jericho is exciting. It's a city. There's parts of life. You got to make decision. What God's got going on is a lot better than what the world's got going on. See, you think I'm just talking to the visitors. I'm talking to some church folk, too. Hey, being carnal, amen, is fun for a moment, but you will be so miserable in the house of God. Amen, don't die, carnal. Hallelujah. 
Don't backslide because you got carnal, because you got cold. Uh, you got to make it up in your mind. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing something good. If I'm going to die anyways, I'm going to die doing something right. If I'm going to die, I'm not going to die with the things that are dishonoring, but I'm going to die doing something that makes my family proud. Bible declares she chose to live by faith. And I say that and everybody goes, yeah, live by faith, walk by faith. No, no, no. Literally. She chose not to die because she had faith. You know, it's a decision you make. People don't, people like to abdicate their will. They get off the throne of their will and they think, well, I have no choice in the matter. Lie. Falsehood. Not true. Amen. The devil does not control your choice. God himself will not control your choice. You still have a choice. Hallelujah. Well, you know, preacher, it's, it's, it's tough. Nobody's ever, there, nobody ever said it wasn't tough to make the choice. Well, you just don't understand. Nobody said they would understand. Well, you, you know, it's just, I'd like to make the choice, but just Jericho's just, it's really, really gotten attached. Yeah, nobody ever said it would be easy. We just said it would be right. And too many people are trying to live for God because they think, I'll do it if it's easy. Or as Herod said, if it's a convenient season. And then they realize very rarely do they get an easy season or a convenient season. Jesus said, you've got to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And I know everybody in our modern culture, they wear the cross around their neck like some bling. But the cross was not bling. It was an instrument of torture. That'd be like me walking around with a chain necklace of an electric chair. Just being real here today. Yeah, got my bling on, got my electric chair on. No, to take up one's cross is to understand that I must deny myself, and at the end of this, I will probably die. But I'll die doing what's right. Even if it costs me my life, in death, I will do more than I ever did in my life. Rahab could look back on her life, and I'm sure there's a lot of things she was not proud of. In fact, there was probably very few things she was proud of. And sure, she could come up with every excuse as to why she did it. Amen. And every excuse is valid to the person that's giving it. But she didn't choose to live by excuses. She chose to live by faith. She made a decision that day. If I'm going to die, I refuse to die in unbelief. If I'm going to die, I refuse to die with this tag hanging over my life that all I was in the city was this, that, and the other. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing what is right. And the question comes down to this. What do you do when grace appears? Do you reject it and come up with an excuse as to why you don't need to do it? Or do you make the decision, I'm going to live based on the faith of this grace? What you do when grace appears determines whether you live or die where you are. That's why the Bible says this, save yourselves from this backwards generation. What you do when grace appears. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. It wasn't a convenient moment. 
She knew that people were coming to look for these spies. But she made the decision, I'm going to hide them. I'm going to save my family. I'm going to do my best. This is why the Bible says that we are to recover ourselves from the snare of the devil. And here's the beautiful part of the story. She made the decision, I will not die a harlot. I will die doing what is right. The best part about it is she didn't die at all. She didn't die in Jericho. Everybody else died in Jericho except for Rahab and her family. Talking to a mom and dad, grandparent, cousin, uncle, whatever it might be. Amen. The decisions you make today not only affect you, but they affect your children and your grandchildren and their children. When you choose to not die where you are, you are making another decision that my grandchildren will not have to live where I've lived. 20 years ago, amen, the grace of God appeared, and I made the decision uh, to step out of, uh, amen, the drug home, to to walk over a passed out father, uh, amen, to throw the depression and suicidal thoughts into the altar, amen, I walked out of it, uh, amen, I came from a drug home, uh, but I made a decision 20 years ago, uh, I've made it every day since, uh, that I might have come from that, uh, but there will not be a drug home that comes from me. I'm going to preach to somebody. Uh, you might have come out of an abusive home, but you've got to make the declaration, an abusive home will not come out of me. I might have come out of dysfunction, but dysfunction will not come out of me. I might have come from a backslidden home, but a backslidden home will not come from me. She made the decision. Amen. She might have come from a family of harlots, but she made the decision. There will not be a family of harlots that comes from me. Because whatever you choose has a lasting impact. Because whatever Rahab was before she crossed Israel, before Israel crossed into the promised land, she became something completely different because of the decision she made. Because Rahab believed because she chose not to die where she was. She not only believed in God, but she acted on what she believed. Rahab lived. Rahab became a follower of God. Here's the beautiful part. You ready for it? And then we're going to pray. Rahab was a harlot. She didn't have, I hope I'm not offending anybody with a biblical word. I'm just telling you the truth. She had a boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend. Client after client after client. But here's the beautiful thing about Grace. She got married. See, before Grace, she was all messed up. Everything was falling apart. But after she encountered Grace and received Grace, amen, God turned her life around so much, amen, that somebody got down on one knee and said, I don't care what you were. I don't care what happened to you. I want to tell you, I'm, will you marry me? And Rahab, the Bible declares, she had married a man of the tribe of Judah. She had a son, and that son had a son, and that son had a son. Her grandson was a man by the name of Boaz. Anybody ever heard the name of Boaz? Anybody ever read the book of Ruth? All right. 
That don't excite y'all right here. And then uh, her great, great, great grandson uh, was a man by the name of King David. Well, preacher decisions uh, don't have a lasting impact. Uh, that's a lie from hell. Every decision matters. When you say, I will not die where I am, you might be producing a king or a queen in the kingdom. Rahab, she only gets a little blurb in the Bible. Just a little bit in the book of Joshua. Just a little bit in the book of James. Just a little bit in the book of Hebrews. Just a little bit in the genealogies, in Chronicles. And just a little bit in this beautiful part in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. That y'all get where I'm going. She had a great, 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 great Great. Somebody say great. Great. I'm not talking about great just in the sense of like, uh, uh, but let me just put great in a different context. He's great. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus for a moment. Let me tell you how great Jesus is. His name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, everybody's going to bow. His name is so great that the Bible says neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is so great. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of his person. Jesus is so great. The Bible says that there is no other. The Bible declares there's no other mediator under heaven given among men. I want to preach to somebody that that one decision, that one decision, you follow the line all the way down. What was that decision? I will not die where I am. The Savior of the world came from the decision of somebody who lived a life that they were not proud of, but they said, I will not die in my mistakes. I will not die in my dysfunction. I will not die with my past. I will not die. I've come to preach to somebody. You've got the same decision to make here today. Amen. Jesus Christ, amen, can be produced in your life. I'm not talking about a manifestation, but what I'm talking about is that the, the, the character of God can be produced in your life when you lift up your hands right now and say, God, I will not die where I am. Come on, somebody pray all across this house. Come on, Rahab. You got a decision to make, and it might seem small in the moment, but it has an eternal impact that if you will make the decision, I will get up from where I am. I will go down to that altar. I will have a conversation with God. I will let God move on me. I will let God fill me with the Holy Ghost. I will let God wash my sins away in the, the watery grave of baptism. Somebody pray in this house. Lift up your hands and let's pray. I got a lot more we could say, but I'm, I'm done. Come on, somebody pray in this house. Right where you are, right where you've been living. Come on, 
Amen. Maybe you're visiting with us. Amen. And you've not been to church in a minute. you making the decision. I'm going to live for God. you making the decision. I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. It has eternal impact. you making the decision. I will pray. you making the decision. I will be baptized in Jesus' name. you making the decision. I will go to the altar every time it's open. It makes an eternal impact. In fact, I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front and lift up your hands? Come on, somebody needs to make the decision. I will live. I will not die in this moment. I will not die right where I am. I'm talking to some church folk. You've been living for God a while. But right where you are, if you stay there, you're going to die. If you stay in your carnality, you're going to die in your carnality. But what is started in the spirit, God doesn't want it to end in the flesh. Amen. God's saying, I'll redeem you. And that act, that decision will change your eternity. It will change somebody else's eternity. Come on, mom and dad, you choosing to serve God will make an impact on your kids and on your grandkids in the name of Jesus. Come on, brother and sister, you got to pray. The decision you make makes a difference. Come on, let's pray all across this building. In the name of Jesus, I will not die where I am. Come on, what kind of walls are surrounding you right now? What kind of walls are surrounding you? Make the decision that when those walls fall down, amen, I'm not going to be crushed under them. When those walls collapse, when the hell that breaks loose, amen, will not kill me. The storm will not kill me. The flood will not drown me. The fire will not burn me because God is with me. God is with me.
somebody praying the Holy Ghost right now. I need some folks that are ready to pray. Come on. Make a declaration in your soul. This is not what I thought. This is not where it ends for me. The story is not 